Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Is it a light switch? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just trying to think about the movie and I was like, what are you? What was what was she doing? She d- kept hitting a light yeah, switch. She kept hitting there. a light switch, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good one. I liked it. There we go. It's clever. My best efforts. Yeah. No, well done. It might be your best one so far. Granted, this is only episode four, but still. So far for the season. For the season, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't want people thinking that I don't have any creativity whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have to you have to make sure that people know what you're all about when it comes to the introduction. Yeah. I'm all about that beep, 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 beep. Yeah. <laughs> it's traffic. That's traffic. Uh, Hi, Nadim. Hi, Mita. How are you? Good. I am living and breathing, alive and well. Well done. Excellent. Yeah. So today is March 10th. And there was no, a... it's May 10th. Yes, it is. <laughs> it oh, is... somebody's tired. I know. <laughs> it is May 10th. May 10th, 2021. 2021. Quarter to 10 Eastern Standard Time. So yes, little little on the tired side, but always excited to talk about the, the, the talkies, the movies. The movies. But big bombshell drop today. Huge. Huge. Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to tell us what it was? Uh, so NBC, <laughs> the network broadcasting channel, um, or company. I think company. Company. Who... Traditionally, for the last, like, I don't know, I don't even know how long, yeah. Yeah. However many years, um, have always aired the Golden Globe Awards, made an announcement today that for the 2022 Golden Globes, they will not be airing it on their network because of the lack of diversity in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which is like... Which is ginormous. (laughs) Ginormous. It's huge. It's huge. And, like, for the record, a lot of celebrities have been, like, talking about it and, like saying that Scarlett Johansson made, you know, some comments and Mark Ruffalo did yeah. and we'll get to Tom Cruise. But <laughs> the I I think the biggest deal was NBC dropping them. Yeah, that's like pretty major. But like when it you told me this, you broke it to me today. The first thing that came to my mind was like do we need to air them on networks? Like is that something like the age of television that we're in currently like yeah. do we need to do well, that who is watching live television a network television anymore exactly unless you're watching but like hgtv the other things that have come up in the last couple mm-hmm. weeks is that like netflix i think warner media a lot Amazon, of other pro- yeah yeah they've decided that they are not going to like submit films to them and not going to participate yeah in the golden globes because of the lack of diversity which I kind of feel like this is a step in a good direction. I think... Like, a bit and a bit not. Like, I think it's saying, like, listen to us, but then when you have films that do have diversity, like, they're now losing out on opportunities even more. And I think the question is, is, like, that's... Like, let's talk about Netflix for a second. Netflix has... I don't know what they really put forward last year. I don't remember. Oh, they had Mank. 
but years before the year before, they they have always had one major film. They had yeah. Marriage Story last yeah, year. They had R- Roma the year before, and with the exception of Roma, you are talking about films that really don't have a lot of diversity in themselves. Mm-hmm. So Netflix, what are you actually doing about your <laughs> awards movies? How are you representing? How are the you thing representing them? There and Netflix produces movies for every major like film language in the world. They produce Indian movies. They produce Asian movies. They produce Spanish language movies. So they can submit a variety of things, and they have the power in them to change the landscape. If anyone does, it's Netflix. But like, are you? But they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. But now celebrities are giving back their Golden Globes, which I think is so dumb. <laughs> That's a little like okay, like mm, yeah. <laughs> just keep it like. But also, it's also it's Tom Cruise who has like no name in the game. Yeah, to be no credibility. Honest. To be quite honest, no, yeah. like there's nothing. Like there's I read I so I saw the article that said Tom Cruise is giving back mm-hmm. his Golden Globes, and I was like, when did he win? Win them? Yeah. When was his last Golden Globe win? And like what? What Magnolia, Magnolia. maybe? <laughs> oh, was it really? Yeah. So nice. Well, we have an episode of Mag- Magnolia out, so you can go ahead and listen to that. Absolutely. But that's crazy. That's like more than twenty years it's ago. So ridiculous. So one thing I actually read because there was like if this is big news, and if you're in the film like blogosphere, I read an article. There's this website I go to awardsdaily.com, and mm-hmm. they're essentially like Oscar watchers. So they spent the entire their entire business is built around the Academy Awards. And like the pre build up and the movies and all of that, and to the point where I was watching, I was following this website for years where it was just a small blog, and now it's a major. It's this woman's business, mm-hmm. and she uh, she has like podcasts, and she's paid for her. What's the word I'm looking for? For her content. For her content, and like it's it's quite impressive. So anyway, she published an article today talking about how like all of this is happening, and one thing she really said, which I thought was super interesting, was Scarlett Johansson is one of the people who has spoken out about. The HFPA and about their lack of diversity and how she, she thinks we should back Wars. how we should back away from the HFPA and then the same article was just like but Scarlett Johansson are you going to talk about how you did two Woody Allen movies and you're talk about how you played an Asian woman how you played an Asian woman and like how you were planning on playing a transgendered male and, until yeah. things like super escalated and there was really no choice for you but to drop out and your response to that was like, well, I'm an actor. I should be allowed to pay, play whatever I want. And your response to Woody Allen is like, well, he's never done anything to me and yeah. I enjoy working with him. Like, mm. Mm, But you want to talk about <laughs> diversity that really doesn't affect you at all. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> There's this funny, do you know who Gemma Chan is? Yeah. Yes. It's Gemma Chan. I guess someone had asked her, who, who would you have play you in a movie about she your life? Scarlett Johansson? And she said Scarlett Johansson. That's so funny. <laughs> That's clever. Very smart. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. with this, though, is like, so in their um, their press release, NBC said that they wouldn't be airing the awards in 2022, but based on the work that they hope that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is going to do, that by 2023, they would air it. Mm-hmm. But my, like, what do you think that that award show is going to look like? Because I don't think our white lady friends, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, are going to be hosting. My girls. That yeah. award show. Yeah. So I think after the award season this year plummeted the way it did, the ratings were like abysmal. And granted, like the ratings of everything, including like the Super Bowl, were like at an all time low. I think the question of like the relevancy of awards, especially in terms of like awards ratings, is really coming into play. Like, what does this mean in in this day and age? There's a lot of talk about whether the Oscars are still relevant. And I think 
it's hard for us to maybe see like that because we're moviegoers and we're film fans and like it's a big part of the film year that like if you're just a regular person do the oscars really matter and at the end of the day the answer is no but that's the same way of saying that like i don't give two shits about the super bowl because i don't watch football but it's the same but it's a major thing so i don't know is this just saying that i think there's a theory that things are about to drastically change Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to a producer friend I have in Toronto yesterday and we were just talking about projects and you know how things have been moving forward and he said theatrical releases are pretty much done at this point mm. yeah and the question for like when that's going to change no one really knows if it's going to change or if we're just moving into streaming full time could you imagine that we were alive for the death of the theater what a what a time to <laughs> what be a time alive. to be alive! How crazy is that? That like it's, we watched I don't it. Like that. It's, oh god, it makes my heart so sad. But literally, the thing that keeps me going is I keep trying to tell myself things to like look forward yeah. to, and the one thing I'm looking forward to is like when I feel comfortable enough to go to a movie by myself yeah. and get a popcorn. And then also take out the candy that I snuck in for my purse. Absolutely. Like any sensible brown woman. And have a Coke Zero that I brought myself. Yeah. Because I'm not paying for a Coke Zero. But I'll pay for your popcorn. You're the one who opens the can in the theater. Well, no, I'll get a bottle. Oh, okay. so the, Less noise. It's not as loud. Yes, this but is the, true. the secret is if you're going to pop the can, you do a. <coughs> <That's> <coughs> as true. you pop the That's can. Very true, so then yeah. you. Yeah. I know you told me not to make noises. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. There we go. Yeah. And I just want to do that. And so one thing that I've been like looking forward to. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking for I'm looking forward to so much. Right. But that's for another time. We are yeah. here to talk about the films. We the movies. Let's talk about the movies. Yeah. So this week we watched um, a Nadim pick. We did. For myself. Yes. And this was 2013, yep. 2013's Lutera, which is a Bollywood film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go into the plot description of it. Mm-hmm. So this is from IMDb. It says, an aristocrat's daughter falls in love with a visiting archaeologist, but he holds a secret that could drive them apart. So, Nadim, why did you pick Lutera for me? So I <laughs> talked about this a little last week, that when I picked Lutera. So Lutera was actually when I'm if you look at my list and maybe I'll show you my like list at the end of the season to see like what was on there, what made it, you know, oh, and what was didn't. It? Yeah. This was literally number 2 on my list. Oh wow. So number 1 was we actually haven't seen num- what number 1 was on my list because okay. for reasons and we'll eventually watch it. It's the human centipede. No. <laughs> 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 but we'll eventually we'll eventually get to it, but this was number 2. I always knew I wanted you to watch this movie. But then when I gave it to you, I really second-guessed myself. I was like, oh, is this the right choice? Like, I don't know how I... I don't know if she's going to like it. I don't know if we'll be able to talk about it. I don't know if our listeners are going to be interested in this. But I was like, okay, I've committed to it. I also didn't... I hadn't seen it in a while and I didn't know how I felt about it. So I was like, oh. And then I was like, okay, I gave it. We've recorded the episode. I can't really take it back. And then I watched it and I was like, god damn, this movie is so phenomenal. (laughs) I love this movie and to me i'm gonna have to like really restrain myself about like talking about it because i feel so passionately about this movie i cannot Mm -hmm. explain to you i think you might have gotten a whiff of it i've been so excited to have this conversation with you (laughs) because i was 
I like relived watching this movie this time and I don't know what it was, but I watched it and I was just, I was taken away with so much of this film. And when I saw it originally in 2013, I was, Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it straight off the bat then. And I have consistently watched it a few times since then. And it's been a while since I watched it. I think I watched it in quarantine last year, but I don't remember. And so I remember I was just like, oh, is this going to be slow? Is it going to be not? But then I I watched it and I was just taken away from it. And I had to share a movie that has, in all honesty, probably been the most inspirational to me in my film writing career. Oh, wow. So more than Chinatown, more than anything else, Lutera is, if I ever get the opportunity to make a movie, and I mean direct a film... Mm-hmm. If I made Lutera as my film, I would die happy. It is wow. everything. What a it is everything I think a movie should be. And it is everything I think a romance should be. And it is everything I think cinema is about. But that's that's just my humble, like low key <laughs> opinion on this movie. <laughs> I wanna No pressure. No pressure. I just wanna I wanna I wanna get this conversation going and I wanna hear what you thought. Well, two things. First, I could tell you really wanted me to watch it because you kept texting me being like, did you watch it? Yeah, did you watch it, it? <laughs> and like that typically doesn't happen. It's usually me having yeah, you. Yeah, it's true. Like, have you done this yet? Yeah. Have you done your homework? And so I could tell that you really wanted me yeah. to watch this. And then also, you've been talking to me about this movie since like 2016 yeah. Yeah, at least. Probably. Um, I was I was sharing to Nadim last week after we had recorded that like I have this memory of sitting in like our old office where we work together and you describing the final scene mm-hmm. of this movie with me not having any context of it yeah. whatsoever. I think you were just trying to describe I don't even know why the subject came up. Yeah, like, you tr- were just I was so... trying to think of that actually. Like how did this even come up? <laughs> I don't we must have been talking about movies, yeah, I maybe. guess. But I don't know where it came from, but you just had this such like this impassioned speech about this movie. <laughs> and I remember at the time thinking like, oh, like maybe I should watch this. And then I then you you know, five years later I never did. Yeah. <laughs> Which so I apologize mm. that I never watched it at that point. But I I can totally feel all of your sentiments and I can see what you're saying because I did really enjoy this as well. Maybe not to yeah, your probably level. not to my level, but <laughs> probably not. But it it does everything right. Like so, there are are so many things in this movie that I typically don't like. Like I don't like cheesy romance. Mm-hmm. I don't like you know a love story that kind of comes out of nowhere. Like I don't know what kind of drove them to each other to fall in love. And in a lot of ways, it was like love at first sight for her at least. Like she was pretty enamored with him. And so that stuff usually bugs me and I'm just like not into it. But there's something just so like delicate and charming (laughs) about this. I think delicate is like the perfect way to describe it because it's not shoved into your face. I think a lot of that has to do with like the time of this, like what time, like it's a period piece. It's set in the 1950s. And I think like that was a really smart choice to make as opposed to having it like if it was set in 2013, which is when it came out. Because things are a little bit more, like, daintier and yeah. you can be precious and, like, have those, like, small moments, I guess. I think it's just more acceptable in the 1950s than it mm. would be in present day. But there is so much stuff that I, like, didn't want to like about it, but I kept finding myself liking. Mm-hmm. Which I think in itself, you're, it says something about that script mm-hmm. where it's, it's, you know, it's all the things that I hate, but I actually wound up enjoying it. 
Well, that's good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I did. That is, is enough. As I was worried that I was going to come on here because I've recommended this movie to a lot of people and a mm-hmm. lot of like native Bollywood watchers and a few non-native Bollywood watchers. And the reaction is, has always been mixed. This wasn't a largely successful Indian movie. It is regarded as a classic and probably it has aged well into something that people regard as, you know, an, a piece of art. But at the time, it didn't really do commercially well. People thought this was extremely slow. And I mm. think this movie is one... I mean, it is. <laughs> it's slow, but it's... I think it's not slowly... Pay, it's deliberate. It's not this movie that's trying to be fast-paced and is just not getting anywhere. This is yeah. a film that is really like, I'm going to take my sweet time to tell the story. And I'm going to fill it with quiet moments and silence and long shots. And I'm like, it, this is a very concerted effort to have this movie look and feel like it's taking its time to tell to reveal itself to you okay that's and that's how I've always felt about it but I do know that to some people it appears very very slow and I think the first time I watched it I did feel like it was a little slow and there are certain parts that I remember feeling slow but this time I watched it and I think I don't know what it was but I was just so I, I like fell in love with it completely again so the way the movie's kind of structured is it's literally split into two separate movies, like two very distinct scenarios. Mm-hmm. So you have the love story and how it starts, how it starts off, and there's some. So it's interesting. Before going into there, one of the things I really love about this movie is that I feel like, including their love story, everything happens very organically. I actually believe their love story. I okay. believe that it's personally for me. I believe that she's enamored by him, but you can see their romance build like they're put into scenarios and they're put into situations and when they're teaching when she's teaching him how to paint and like the dialogue they have and he's clearly educated and they share an interest in like poetry and like there's there's a build to why they connect with each other Mm -hmm. that's how I've always felt and as a result him falling in love with her seems real and her falling in love with him seems real and then when the intermission point happens and he deceives her and essentially yeah. like asconds, you feel the devastation. Like you, you feel the devastation, but were you surprised? Because I wasn't surprised. No, it's not. It, okay. that, that was generally very like, and this is why I didn't want you to wa- like re- watch the trailer. Read about it? Yeah, mm-hmm. because all the advertising made it very clear what was happening. Oh. Yeah, like all the advertising made it like all the if you go back and watch the trailers, it's like, oh, how could you not predict this? The movie is also named Lutera, which means thief. Which means thief. <laughs> so it's not, it's not being subtle about it. But at the same time, yeah. I don't think it's trying to be like, I think there's a couple of twists that you still can't predict. I think, like, for instance, when the home ministry comes to collect the things that they said were donated by the East India Company because, like, they technically weren't meant yeah. to be, like, they weren't the East oh. India Company to give away. There's a couple of things that you're like, oh, oh, but you're not surprised overall that of what he's there to do, I think, mm-hmm. generally speaking. But again, at the same time, when he does it, it feels very devastating. And so when you get into the second half of the film, which is essentially our main character, Baki, she's essentially counting down her dying days as she's yeah. trying to write a book, you feel her anger, her frustration. You get where she comes from. And it's, I don't know. I could just keep talking, Mita, and I'm just going to, like, the, I want you to interrupt the, me. I, I will say, like, the thing that is, like, most resounding to me is the heartbreak of her father. Yeah. Of, like, losing all of that. And when she's, like, defending her father, she's like, he died of a broken heart. Yes. He yeah, it wasn't... he didn't die because he lost his money. Yeah, like, he, he died because you betrayed his, his trust. 
trust. And that, like, really got to me and, like, still does. And I'm like, oh, that's unbearable. Like, how do you live with that kind of emotion and pain? Which kind of gets me frustrated that she would still want to help him and want to, like, be with him in a way. So it's interesting because this movie really does, I think, touch on a lot of things. Like, there's a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome going on, Mm -hmm. but... That's not good. It's not that it's good. It's interesting because when I watched it this time, the scene where she kind of finally talks to him for the first time, like after everything has happened before the end happens, I don't think she's forgiving him. I don't think she forgives him until the absolute end of the film. Yeah. I think at that moment, she's kind of just like acknowledging that like, I loved this man and I loved him for a reason and he wasn't all bad. He just did bad things. It's the acceptance of like not all bad people like bad people have good aspects to them and good people have bad aspects to them. and i think why that actually works for her is because i think he's legitimately remorseful i legit believed it when he said i feel bad about what i did and you need to help me i need to make it up to you like i think or he- is he a master con man i don't think so is that- what did you <laughs> think is that what did you think he was just trying to con or i lost trust in the character mm. At that point. And so I don't know what his play is. And at that point, if I was him and I'm like, okay, I need like a safe place. I need to hide out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to use my charm and my coy to manipulate this woman into letting me stay with her. And she doesn't believe it. Maybe I'm jaded. <laughs> I mean, I think we're a little jaded, yeah. but she didn't believe it for the like so much had to transpire for her to actually get to that point. N- yeah. But I kept saying, oh, Bucky, come on. <laughs> <laughs> get with it. I understand what he's doing. I mean, can we talk about Ranveer Singh a little bit, though? Yeah, please. Because I know him as like um, a social media personality more than I know him as an actor. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen too many of his movies. And so I know him as this like really big personality, kind of obnoxious, if I'm being truly honest, and like someone that you wouldn't want to hang around with for like too long. And he is so good in this. So good. Those two performances, (laughs) they are so, so good. Ranveer Singh is so understated. Sonakshi Sinha is so, like, the performances in this are just so pitch perfect. Yeah. You believe, and that's what I mean. They they end up being believable. They have the right amount of chemistry. One of my favorite scenes ever in cinema is when she's having her asthma attack in Dalhousie. And he's trying to inject her. And she yeah. is, she's, phys- and they're like fighting. They're getting other. into a physical fight that is kind of like sex, but not like it's, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it has this like sexual energy to, around it, but it's very like aggressive and like. But it's also like trying to save her life. Yeah. Like, like there's something yeah. it's, it, but like that's chemistry, man. And it's such a, yeah. like, it's such a great scene. And this movie is so filled with those kind of things. But Ranveer Singh does really like, he, he really yeah, surprises so subtle. you. Yeah. So subtle. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, like, do I like Ranveer Singh now? Because I don't really like yeah. him, to be honest with you. I know you think he's charming, but I don't I think, think he's very he... charming. But I think part of the reason I think he's charming is because Ranveer Singh has been in some of my, like, the movies I've loved so much recently. He was in this. He was in Gully Boy. Gully Boy, yeah. Yeah, he was in Dil Dharakne, though, that he was really good in as well. He he. There's something about him that is so charming. He was in Padmavat. He plays, like, kind of like a douche though really easily and that's what i think i've gotten off of him mm-hmm. a lot is that he might be like really douchey and like kind of like a bro and i don't i think he is he's also married that. to deepika yeah but i don't quite i don't understand her choices sometimes <laughs> like run beer <laughs> yeah i mean i don't get the run beer one i do get run i'm not gonna lie i get the appeal get i personally okay. get the appeal 
You get Deepika and Renvir. I get Deepika and Renvir. Well, I mean, I get why Renvir is a couple name. Deepvir. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. I get why. I it's very obvious why Renvir isn't Deepika. But I yes. also understand why Deepika... <laughs> why she's into him. Yes, exactly. And, like, I'll give him that. He's very good looking. But there's just something about him which is, like, I just, like, feel like I would hate to be in a room with him yeah, he for seems like he could, minutes. He seems very obnoxious and over the top. But I think when you watch him in more pr- things and, like, you see his performances, you see, oh, this guy actually has, like... Is very talented. Sub- substance. He's not just, like, yes. a, he's not a bro. Or he is a bro, but he's a very well-educated, talented, talented bro. bro. Yeah, <laughs> yes. he's a talent bro. I just feel like he wants to be Akshay Kumar so much. Maybe. I think that's definitely like a part of his like motivation. I'm like, to... who wouldn't want to be Akshay Kumar? <laughs> <laughs> that's where the charm works. That's where the charm works. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you about the ending yeah. of this movie, Mitha. Oh, your favorite My part? My favorite part. Okay. So like... The cheesiest thing I've ever witnessed, but so lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just so beautiful. And, like, the idea that that's his masterpiece and that's what he's been leading up to doing his whole life. And then that's just there for her to see. I hope she doesn't touch it. Like, you leave that. (laughs) So, for our listeners who haven't seen this movie, A, (laughs) I would highly recommend you go see this. Honestly, like, please take my hyperbole as, like, a real sign that you should, like, go watch this. You do have to find it for rental on either YouTube or iTunes, but I highly recommend that you watch this. If you plan to watch it, please don't listen to this because I don't want to ruin what is honestly one of the best endings of all time. So the second half of this movie is actually based on a, like a, I think a short story by O. Henry. It's called The Last Leaf. But essentially once... Wait, who's O. Henry? Like the chocolate bar? No, there's a writer and he wrote a bunch, uh, like he has a, a lot of like short novella, like romances okay. that are kind of like this. So, it, and it's called Does The Last Leaf. Does he know that his name is a chocolate bar? I don't know if his name is like O. Henry, but it's, it's, that's what, that's like, what, oh, yeah. It might, Someone needs like, to let him know yeah, that exactly. that name is taken. Anyways, it's based off of that. And in the second half of the movie, once uh, our main character, Baki, she's been devastated by this man deceiving her and her father dying. She goes to Dalhousie to live out her last days. And she has a tree in front of her house. And she essentially, before he arrives to her house to hide out, thinks this is, I- I'm essentially dying. She eventually gets tuberculosis. She is actually dying. And mm-hmm. she says that she's going to count her days down by how many leaves are on the street. And as the leaves fall, she's going to die when the last leaf falls. Little does she know is that as her and uh, Varun, played by Ranveer Singh, are have while he comes to stay there, she's kind of told him this. And she doesn't realize this until the very end. But every day he's been going out to the tree at the very top and tying a fake leaf onto a branch so that yeah. she doesn't lose her hope. And so at the very end, when the police actually shoot him down and and she realizes that he's dead, she finally sees this, what he's been doing for her, this leaf caught in this tree. And she looks up at it with this feeling uh, like you feel the hope fill her face. You feel the gratitude. You feel every emotion she's meant to feel. She looks up at this leaf and the movie cuts. They also, as she's looking up, they yeah. cut to different scenes of the movie where you see their relationship building and you see him say to her, like, I want to, in my lifetime, I want to paint a masterpiece. And then her looking up, realizing, like, that's his masterpiece. That's what he's left in this the world. world. Cause he, yeah. he left her in this world. Yeah, it's it's really smart the way they did it because it is it is really cheesy. Yeah, but when you talk about it, yeah. Cringe. No. 
It's not. It's like, it's delightful. It's delightful. And honestly, yeah. I remember seeing this in theater and when you realize what's happening, like as you realize he's leaving and this, that final song plays and you know what he's doing, honestly, my mm-hmm. heart like swelled with so much like emotion. I was just like, this is actually the sweetest thing I think I've ever witnessed on film. Like it's it's nice. so sincere. And then when she looks up at that leaf and her eyes just fill and she's got like one or two tears falling down, but this like smile of like realizing what he's done for her and the movie just in my head I remember thinking please end right now you don't need anything else and the movie just cuts to black and I was just like that is everything I've ever wanted to see in a movie it honest I was so blown away by it because it rarely happens that a movie ends exactly how you want it to end yeah and this for me it honestly ended verbatim how I would have ended this movie was it like on par with Glenn Close and Dangerous Liaisons for you? This was better. Oh. And this is something I actually wanted. Someone to... tell Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great scene. And I love that scene in Dangerous Liaisons. But I think, so one thing I wanted to talk about was, I talked when I did Chinatown, I talked about how much I loved it and how much I respect the film. But I think you and our listeners can probably gather, I have a, a much more visceral reaction to this film. Like, mm-hmm. I clearly have a, an emotional feel There's to it. There's an excitement there, yeah. An excitement there. And I was really trying to dissect, like, why that's the case. Because if you're talking, technically speaking, Chinatown is a better film. Yes. But it's the but. If you talk, com- if you talk pure <laughs> technicality, like pure screenplay and maybe direction, I think I would say Chinatown is maybe Chinatown the more, is the, is the better film. But... What chi- but you're comparing apples and oranges. You are kind of comparing apples and oranges. But my thing is, Chinatown doesn't have, I don't know how else to say this, but it doesn't the really charm. have a charm or emotion attached to it. Yeah. it's Because like at the end of the day, I don't really care about I don't Faye care Dunaway. about. I don't care about <laughs> Faye Dunaway at the end of Chinatown. Yeah. Like I love, I love everything that transpires in Chinatown and it's a, it's a interesting film and it's deep and it has a lot to say and that twist is a twist. But yeah. when she looks up at that leaf and you realize what's <laughs> happening... It makes me feel Chinatown Your doesn't. Your own emotions ma- yeah. are brought to the surface. Exactly. Where in Chinatown, it's kind of like you're just absorbing the character's emotions. You're not actually living it. Yeah, exactly. Or and you're really yeah. experiencing something very much like from an arm's length in Chinatown. Like I'm not in like 19 what 40s L I L A in the middle oh, of a drought. I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But I wish I was a white woman in 1940s LA but isn't that a part of maybe why this appeals a little bit more because it's interesting that when I said Chinatown was the better film there was you were like yeah but yeah what was your but because like um Bollywood versus Hollywood because I do I don't put them in the same realm like I do separate them I think Bollywood does something that Hollywood can never do and Hollywood does things that Bollywood can't do but that's my own mentality that I have to like work through. No, but and I, this is my therapy. <laughs> but I agree with that to some degree. I agree that there are things that all like, and I think is this just one of the things? Does Bollywood just do emotion better? Do they connect? But my question is, do they do they do it better, or do we connect to it better because we're South because Asian? Because we're South Asian. Yeah, that's probably one hundred percent what it is. Because I I don't know if I could show this to one of my friends who isn't Indian. And, like, have them have that same... Okay, friends who aren't Indian, <laughs> watch Luthera. Let me know what you think. No, seriously, let us know what you think. Because... And it's part of that because the subtitles in this are so terrible. Oh, my God. The subtitles are the worst. They're really bad. 
(laughs) They're really bad subtitles. It was so hard finding a quote for this movie. (laughs) Yeah, because the subtitles are awful. Like, it's just really bad. I specifically remember there's one part, I have to bring this up, where they're in Dalhousie and he's bringing her chai and she swipes the chai away and she says, in Hindi, she says, I don't want your chai. And the subtitle just says, I don't want. That's it. There's nothing else. And in my head, I'm like, but but she said more. She said chai. She said chai. I don't want your tea. Why don't you just add that to it? Yeah. And it really I makes me wonder when I'm watching other foreign films that I don't understand. What am I missing? What am I missing? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we don't understand Parasite. Maybe we really didn't understand <laughs> Parasite because who knows? What if Parasite is actually like a terrible movie? Yeah. And it was just the subtitle writer. It was just his, uh, I think her name is Sharon. His translator, yeah. who really, translator. she really wrote we Parasite. Love we love, I love Sharon. Me too. But <laughs> so is that is that part of it? Do you think us being South Asian connecting to a South Asian film? And if the subtitles were better, let's say, do you think someone else could connect to this the same way? Because nothing about this is about being Indian. Yeah. No, I mean, I can't speak to a non-South Indian, yes, yeah. South Indian, South Asian person's experience. I'm never going to be able to speak yeah. to their experience. But in my like research of this, I did find a YouTube movie review of Lutera, mm. and it was these two white guys, and they really was it enjoyed our it. stupid reactions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like watching their videos. Do you? Because, yeah. okay, the beginning of it, I was like, this is really obnoxious. Yeah. Like, what? They are the definition of bros. Yeah. But no, like, they, and I guess they, because the way they were talking about it and they were talking about Runbeer, I guess they've watched a lot of Bollywood Yeah, they films. have, yeah. One of them was really good at pronouncing the name. So yeah. I'll give him that. I think his name was Rick. Rick good and job, Corbin, Rick. yeah. Yeah. But no, like, they really liked the movie and thought it was really interesting. And I was so surprised. And it, it gotten me thinking, like, what, what if more white people watched Indian films like could Bollywood be like Hollywood but then like there are so many people who just don't get like the musicality of Bollywood Mm -hmm. and who don't appreciate it like why are there songs in the middle of this movie and things like that so I worry I worry if you can ever make that transition do you think if this had in 2013 if this had released to a wide audience if this had got like we were just talking about awards season in my head I don't see a reason outside of the fact that this is an Indian film, to be quite honest, that this shouldn't have gotten award coverage. Is The White Tiger an Indian film? It's a British film. Because it's actually very good. And I think people should watch it. And I think there are more, it's a bit more mainstream mm-hmm. than like a Bollywood film would be. And that's to say the same thing about Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. But The White Tiger is so much better than Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. If you're going to watch a movie about Indians in India, watch The White Tiger. But even that didn't reach the level of success I think they were hoping for. Yeah. They were hoping for a slumdog moment yeah. and they didn't get it. But what I want to know is something like Lutera that is is very Bollywood. It starts Bollywood. two very big stars in a... Uh, fine, an under- is she a big star? I don't know. She's, she's not that big, but like it starts yeah. Ranveer Singh. And at the time, Ranveer Singh wasn't big. So it starts two people, two young, attractive people with a musical background, but there's no dance mm-hmm. in this movie. That's true. I think this is more approachable. But... Shouldn't a movie like this have been, if you want to talk about diversity and you want to talk about cinema on a on a global scale, if you this should be on the table, this should be on the table. No, there sh- this should yeah. have been their performances should have been relevant. The movie itself, this the this background score, the cinematography is <laughs> so beautiful. Uh, I have issues with the those last scenes in the winter. 
Why? It doesn't look real to me. It looks fake. I think some of it is. So I watched the making <laughs> of. The making of is fascinating yeah. because apparently what happened was when they were shooting in Dalhousie, they were waiting for snow to come. Yeah. They were waiting for, it was supposed to be a foot of snow. They got 10 feet of snow. It collapsed their set. They had to rebuild oh. the set. And then Ranveer Singh pulled his back. The snow started to melt. And they hadn't, oh like, it, it was like back and forth. So they essentially had to bring in two British people. To, because no one in India knows how to make fake snow, naturally. So they had to bring Fair. in two people from the UK to make it. So part of it does. And then a lot of the snow that falls is CGI'd in. Yeah. And you can tell. Like, I take issue with some of that. For sure. But the cinematography, especially in Bengal in the beginning. In is, Bengal, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. The shots yeah. are, the shots and the, like how they're framed. It is, it is a beautifully lensed film. So shouldn't something like this be on the table? It should. Shouldn't this be a part of the but conversation? I, I don't know how that all works. Like, I don't know mm. how a studio decides, like, yes, we're going to push this for awards and, like, what that process actually looks like. I want to read up on it because it is really interesting. But do you know why it wasn't pushed for these things? So because foreign films have major barriers to entry, major, major barriers to entry. And unless they have, like, let's look at Parasite. Parasite 1 can. Yeah. And that was the, and it was Parasite. Parasite was an exceptional film. It was the exception to the rule. But you have to have a lot of a lot of backing. It also takes a lot of money to push these movies. And oftentimes I don't think mm. foreign markets have the same kind of money for the advertising that's necessary. It's harder to get them on in interviews and in talk shows and things like that where they become relevant and a part of the conversation. So are we ever going to achieve full diversity is the question. Uh, oh, that's loaded. It's loaded, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, one thing that came up in my mind, though, is like, do you think Bollywood manages its money well? Because they make so many movies in one year. And like, could you not, could studios not maybe concentrate on making like three or four or five really great films? In a year that could they could push. So I think there's that's also a loaded question because yeah, <laughs> one of the big things is 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 that I think there's a misconception that Bollywood is the biggest film industry in the world, and that's actually incorrect. The Indian film industry produces films of very many languages, and so mm. Hindi is just one of the languages. But there's regional dialogue, regional films across the board. And they, they are Tamil and Telugu and English language yeah. and Malayalam and Punjabi. There's There are a bunch of films that are made and all of those put together make the largest film industry in the world, the Indian film industry. And granted, the Hindi film industry is the biggest of all of those and it's the most popular. But it would be hard to you know bring that down. The other issue is, is that it's, it's still like a free running industry. Like, people want to make what they want to make. And, like, yeah. people aren't going to... This is not... I don't think when they set out to make this, they were like, we're going to make the next Titanic. That's not it. They wanted to make an earnest, a, like, a beautiful film. And they did exactly what they set out to do. But I don't think they expected to make money off of this. But it has so much potential to, like, really bring home awards. Yeah, for sure. But then you have to get people to watch this. Yeah. And in order to do that in the in the West, you need major studio backing or celebrity backing to push it and north americans are too stubborn a parasite won best picture and the freaking president of the united states said it was not appropriate well I, I gra who was the president <laughs> granted but i don't know if biden would say that <laughs> but but you see what i'm saying is that's what yeah. you're up against and that's yeah, he represents he was he was voted in by the majority at the time changes need to be made 
So, I mean, and that this is just an example of a Hindi movie that has to, has those obstacles to kind of overcome. There are so many so other, many other. Like, am I going to sit down and watch, you know, other Korean movies? Probably not. And like, I yes, I am part of the problem. I don't, but if yeah, I recommended <laughs> you a Korean movie right now, or a Korean friend of yours recommended you a Korean movie right now, you would be way more open to seeing it than anyone else. That's true. You're not you're not seeing it because it's Korean. But uh, not everyone is me. No, and not everyone is like a film goer that's really open to it. All this to say, I think it's just, I question whether A, I'll ever feel this emotionally. I, I don't know if an American film will ever resonate as emotionally as this did to me, with me. And when I think back about the movies that made me feel, like really made me feel, either made me happy or sad, they have always been Hindi language films. I can't think of an American film that elicited the kind of reaction internally within me, viscerally, that like Lutera did. Won't You Be My Neighbor made me really emotional. <laughs> Fair. I think that's, yeah. I think there's some movies like, that do that. I had a moment in the theater. You did? <laughs> yeah. I was alone. Yeah. And it it wasn't a crowded theater, but I had a moment <laughs> where I was like, oh my God, what is happening to me right now? And that's fair. Yeah. So I think it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> but I also think like, I when I think about myself, I'm in two bubbles. It's like how I've grown up. Yeah. It's like I have my, my North American root, like roots. This is where I lived yeah. and was born and have grown up. And so I understand these things. And then I have this like Indian side to me where like, oh yeah, I'll like dip my toes in here a little bit. Yeah. And I... I like to keep them separate and I shouldn't. They should meld more. But it's how do you do that? How, like what steps need to be taken? How do we merge those things? How do we open up North American audiences to Bollywood and to the Korean film industry yeah. and to all these other film industries that are making really good product, but it's just not available. Like every year, I don't thing. think we're seeing the best every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. actually think we're seeing, and granted, there's a lot of movies out there, but part of the reason we're not seeing the best is because of access. And part of diversity well, is about access. Access, yeah. And the thing about, the thing that always kind of baffles me about the Golden Globes is you're the Hollywood Foreign yes. Association. Why are all of your movies Hollywood yeah. movies? You guys are foreign. Like, open that up yeah. to... It shouldn't be Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Maybe they should just change it to FPA. Yeah, honestly, that's my that's my suggestion. You're changing your name to FPA. Yeah. You're gonna add some black people yeah. to your to your board, and you're gonna open it up to all foreign films. Yeah. And there Absolutely. you go. I solved America's problems. Yeah. There you go. Done. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I also want to just talk about because I'm gonna use yeah. this to give my TED talk on Lutera because I think I can oh. give a TED talk on Lutera. Oh, that's Aside from the fact that this movie emotionally resonates with me, I know I talked about how it's the most inspirational film I've ever, like, it's probably the film that, sorry, that inspires my writing the most. This movie is, and like, again, this is coming after we watched Chinatown, which is arguably the best screenplay ever written. But this mm -hmm. film, again, does so much so well. And I, anytime I watch this movie, and it, I felt it again when I watched it last week, I walked away being like, I gotta go write something. I have to write something that is going to make someone feel this way. Like it inspires me so much. I just think nice. it's such a, it's such a, it's such a good film. And it's something that like I watched it and literally two days later, I was just like, I want to watch it again. Like I can sit down and I can watch it end to end and I can appreciate it. The music is great. The performances are great. It just, and then you build to that freaking end and it's, it's always worth it in the end. 
Two things just popped into my mind. Yes. The score of this movie, mm. does it not remind you of a Christopher Nolan movie? There are parts of this where they're Maybe. like... But Christopher There's no- parts where it's like, I swear to God, I've heard this in Tenet. <laughs> like, did he copy this? Yeah, because this is older. Yeah. Maybe. Parts of it might be. Although, my problem with Christopher Nolan scores is that they, they sound so similar. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's because it's... Is it Thomas Newman who does them? No. It's the other one? He uses... Because <laughs> there's two of up. them. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Zimmer. That's the other... Yeah, that's him. I was going to say Christoph Beck, but I think he's only used him like once. Yeah. Christoph Beck did uh, the music for Frozen. There you go. Yeah. Also Buffy the Vampire yeah. there. But anyways. <laughs> um, no, he's... It, it's Hans Zimmer and they all sound the same. Just like when anyone uses John Williams. Yeah. Oh my God. John Williams all sounds the same. And it's... Yeah. It just sounds very uninspiring. To this... To me, I love the music and I feel like there's songs and then there's background score. Also, we didn't talk about the action sequence. There is a, such a great chase sequence in this movie. It is. It's really fun. But I kind of like was taken out of place in those movies. I was like, is it in those scenes? So I was just like, is this like part of this like love romance story that you're trying to tell me? Especially when he has like a wound and he's like fixing his wound and they show you his like I'm taking they it show out. it to yeah. you taking it out and I'm like wait why is this in here <laughs> <laughs> what am I watching I didn't love it <laughs> it is a very it is I remember watching it and being like wow that's a lot more graphic than I thought that was going to be right yeah somebody said that the he Ranveer Singh stapled his own stomach or something so I read in the um trivia that he felt he wasn't confident in his acting at the time he actually yeah. tried not to do this movie and the director Vikramaditya Motwane, who, by the way, directed AK versus AK. I love AK yeah. versus AK. AK versus AK, honestly, is one of the smartest movies. One of my favorite movies of 2020. Yeah, it was so, yeah. so smart. So I <laughs> highly recommend you watch that too. I love this guy, by the way, Vikramaditya Motwane. He's directed some really great cinema. So you should give him a shot. But he was really confident in Ranveer, and Ranveer himself wasn't confident. So in yeah. the scene when Ranveer is supposed to take out a bullet from his abdomen, he essentially stapled his, his stomach to give the the pain that he's trying to emote on screen. And it looks real. Like he looks like he's in so much physical pain. Yeah. And it kind of just takes you out of the movie a little bit, though. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. it. I, I honestly, I, I, I can't find any flaw in it this time. I don't know what it was. I just can't. You just loved it so much. Do you have sequel prequel ideas? I would like to know what happens to yeah, her yeah. a little bit. Yeah, this is a good like, question. Do they, I mean, like, tuberculosis, is it curable? <laughs> like, I, I don't know don't, much In the 50s, tuberculosis. was it curable? Yeah, in India. Maybe she was, like, the first trial or something. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> like, we could look at that. I would like to know more about her father. Mm. And, like, was did he inherit this land? Like, what was it like growing up for him? What about her mom? Like, where is she in the picture? That's the one thing I did that. wonder this time. I'm like, where's her mom? And then I was like, where's does it matter? I don't think it matters. And I think you're supposed to see, like, the father's love for his daughter yeah. and then her falling in love with the man. Like, I get all that. Yeah. But I kind of want to know, like, where's the mom in the yeah. situation? What happened? She probably died. Well, so. she definitely died. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. What if there was like a tumultuous divorce? Maybe she died of maybe like breathing and respiratory maybe, issues. What if she set up the, the the whole thing? She set up the... <laughs> I don't want to see that movie. That sounds boring. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like, give me back my jewels. And then, I don't know. 
There are no jewels, though. But anyways, I, I did want to know about the father, and I wanted to know what happens to her in the end. Like, does she die eventually? What does that look like? Because she's going to die alone and unhappy? I hope like, not. That's a little I don't sad. Think she's gonna yeah. I think if she dies, I think she dies hopeful. And what okay. I imagine is that she actually writes a novel about her love affair. And then she gets lots of money. And then she, you know, and then finds the cure to tuberculosis. Oh my gosh, we just, you should write it. <laughs> Lutera too. Lutera too, yeah. No. That, those are my ideas. That's what I got for you. I like it. I think yeah. we should go into uh, our ratings. Our ratings. Very good. I'll start because it's my movie. Yeah. I really struggled with this one only because I think when I first initially picked it for you, I was like, oh, this is a solid four-star movie. But when I compare other five-star movies for me and I compare movies that are higher than four stars, four and a half to five mm-hmm. star, I don't know what this is lacking. And I don't think there's any reason. And I often, I gave Hereditary four and a half because I think movies need to age over time. And this has aged yeah. over eight years for me. And I think, I don't think I've ever spoken as passionately about a film in the like last 50 yeah. episodes, 55 episodes that we've done. I, I think it's very clear that I feel how much I love this film and how important it is to me. I think... It is such an inspirational piece of film, I think, in writing. It, it, when, when I look at it from a writing perspective, how it, in, how it writes that love story, how things happen so organically. The dialogue mm-hmm. is so great. Forget, find the performances and what we see are so great. But if I were to read this script, I would be like, wow, this is, this is actually what a movie should look like. Movies are all flawed in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes mm-hmm. those flaws are how you perceive it. And sometimes those flaws are in how it's made. And in this movie, I don't think it matters to me. I think this is such a, it's such a beautiful film. And it takes some things that honestly should be really cheesy and cringe-inducing and turns them into high emotional pieces of like magic on celluloid. There, it's, that ending is just so, I dare you to watch it and not leave feeling hope ignited within yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that life has possibility. It's such it's such a powerful like moment in film. So I've decided to also give this movie five stars. Whoa, baby. That's exciting. I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna select movies that I don't speak so highly about going forward because I can't just it can't just be Nadim giving Mita movies that he loves more than anything. What if like you did though and I told you I hated them all? <laughs> I mean, you're going to hate some of them, but I don't think I love them the same way. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair. Uh, my turn? Yeah. Okay. There, There is a lot to love here. And, like, I think the my main takeaway is, like, I don't typically love, like, romance movies. Uh-huh. And I don't typically love 1950s period pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of, I find it boring, mm-hmm. to be honest. But this doesn't feel like a 1950s period piece but it's so smart that it's set in the 1950s mm-hmm. and you know there there is like a high level of cheese here but it's so it's like you said before it's natural and that you just go with the flow with this and you believe what's being presented to you um and it is it's very lovely to watch my i do have like a couple things of like those last shots in the winter, mm-hmm. they really threw me off or him fixing his wound. I kind of like felt like there were some things that were out of place and I don't know if they necessarily needed to be there. Mm-hmm. But overall, just like a very enjoyable experience. I gl- I'm glad I got to experience something that you feel so passionate oh, about. 
<laughs> I did know that going into it, though. So I don't know if that, like, changed yeah, my mind I kind of hope bit. it didn't. I, I really wanted you to experience this blind and have your own... I don't think it did enough for me to be, like, really, like, this is amazing! Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't quite feel that yeah. way. Yeah. I think it is very good, and it has a lot of pluses. But there are some things I was like, oh, I don't know, yeah. like, I'm a little nitpicky about it. So I'm going to walk away with it with a three and a half. Okay. And that's that's my gut right now. Because when I think of it out of 10, it's a 7. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Are you going to cry? It's your rating. <laughs> it's not for me to I know. critique. It's the Cancer Sun Libra rising in me that I like need to please people. Oh, God. So. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm terrible. But I do get that like you do feel a sense of like... like when I watched There's Veronica, responsibility. There's responsibility. Like when I watched yeah. Veronica Mars, for instance... I also know how much it feels to you. So you don't, I think we respect each other more than we need to watch the film. So I'm not going to be like, wow, that was a piece of shit. Yeah. Because I I also recognize how hurtful that would be to you. Well, I mean, I also understand as someone who has never watched the series and who doesn't know the character. Like, I think, okay, maybe like we should make a deal. We're not going to worry about what the other person is going to think. I mean, that's impossible. I think neither of us is going to do that. <laughs> We're not going to have hair hair pulling anxiety yeah. about it. Well, well yeah, let's try. That's fair. But yes, yeah, so that was our first Bollywood movie. There are others coming. but For this season. For this season, yeah. Because we've watched Padmavat. We've watched Rata Keli He. Ye Jivani He Divani. Ye Jivani He Divani. Did we watch another no, one? No, it was just those three. And this is yeah. the first of for season two which was uh, Lutera. Lutera, which is so fun to say, too. Yeah. Lutera, <laughs> which Lutera, if you wanted to know the word loot, which means like to steal. To steal. There you go. Everything comes back Everything. to India. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> but yes, now Mita, now that we finished. Oui, bonjour. It's time to play. Different characters. Same, same world. world. We're getting better with at it. More, we're going to have to record yeah. it one day. <laughs> we're going to say it every single episode. okay Nadim are you ready to play okay okay so I made one of these a little bit easier for you in that there's a character's name but I don't think that'll help you so I'm gonna say their name and then like what their name in parentheses would be and I think that'll help you a little bit and then it's all actors who are in the movie so there's no directors or anything so let me get my stopwatch out okay okay so the characters' names are Aunt May, Russell Buffalino, and Daniel, the Karate Kid. And your timer starts now. Is Aunt May Sally Field? No, but she yes she was, but not in this this one. Is it Marissa Tomei? A couple of people. Yes. Oh, are we watching my cousin Vinny? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm going to be not terrible at this game. No, I like this for you. That was um 13 seconds. Oh, wow. Good. Good job. Yes. So Aunt May is Marissa Tomei yes. in the MCU Spider-Man movies. Russell Buffalino is Joe Pesci in The Irishman. Oh, and then, yes. Um, Daniel, the karate kid, is Ralph Macchio in The Karate it's Kid. It's interesting because when you said, I thought Joe Pesci, but I thought Joe Pesci was the karate kid in The Irishman. Like, I didn't remember his name, and I was just like, is huh? that it? <laughs> like, I thought when you gave me the, what was his name, Dan, David? Daniel. Daniel, the Karate Kid. I was, yeah. my mind went to Joe Pesci in The Irishman. Oh, weird. Yeah. Because 
I was for Joe Pesci. I was gonna give him his name in Home Alone, um, Home Alone but it's just it's Harry. Too Harry, yeah. And then oh, yeah. I was like, oh, do I do Harry the Sticky Bandit? Oh, that's too obvious, Harry. though. That's too obvious. Yeah. So I went with Russell Buffalino because I felt like, yeah, it was Ant Man. I don't know, and I don't one. know if you've seen Goodfellas. I wasn't gonna use it. I have. I have name. seen Goodfellas, and I quite like Goodfellas, but I. But you would know. I don't remember his name. Yeah, neither do I right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna watch my, my cousin, cousin Vinny, Vinny, okay? Which I think will bring some levity to us, yeah, and it'll be a lot of fun. It is available on Disney Plus if anyone would like to listen along as well. Yes. Because when I originally made this list, it was not available on Disney oh, Plus. Oh, that's good. And now it is. I have a copy. So, uh, what? <laughs> You've never? Have you seen it? I haven't. No. Okay. I haven't. No, I really haven't seen My Cousin Vinny. I do have a copy, though. You have it just sitting there, and you've never been like, it's a this, Sunday, let me pop in My Cousin You Vinny. know this is a thing, first of all. <laughs> I know, but it just baffles me every time. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm excited for you to finally open up that DVD. Hopefully there's no cobwebs. Yeah. But um, if you don't have it on DVD, watch it on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward. There we go. That is our episode next week. Um, but before then, Mita, do you have any parting words? I do. Hold on. In my life, everyone used me. Only you loved me. I don't know if I love that one. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's just, it's the subtitles. If we were to say that same line in Hindi, it just sounds so much nicer. Yeah. But it is. But we're not a Hindi. We're not a Hindi. Exactly. So that is what it is. Maybe we're part of the problem. (laughs) Let's not go there. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for My Cousin Vinny. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. Bacon.